This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, April 30th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with 1983 college football historian in training, Jerem Jordan. We're excited that uh, tomorrow's show is the first reviewables. So we're going to look at seasons, games, players, and whatnot. Tomorrow we look at the 1983 BYU football team. And this is a team that is way better than you'd think. Everyone talks about 84 and 96 and whatnot. 83's in the convo, and we explore that with Steve Young. And uh, it's going to be really fun. So tune in tomorrow, noon Eastern, BYU Sports Nation episode the reviewables, 1983 football. We're looking at uh, doing more of these and excited to kind of dig in and provide some context that maybe has been forgotten. Maybe maybe the people our age and younger don't appreciate or understand the details. And I, for one, did not know a lot of things that we explore in the episode. How many people are going to be FaceTiming with uh, a legend in uh, Super Bowl history and a pro football Hall of Famer tomorrow? Between 10 and 11. Only us! I bet there's someone else. (laughs) Somewhere. (laughs) On BYU TV, anyway. Okay, so how about we qualify it that way? Right on. Today's show brimming with goodness, including a program-wide recruiting rundown. Where does football stand in the conversation of best recruiting program on campus? With the transfer boost, is BYU basketball now an NCAA tournament team? We'll ask Hoops analyst and former BYU head coach Steve Cleveland, plus BYU Hoops with a schedule upgrade in the Northwest. That leads off today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU Men's Hoops is reportedly going to play Oregon in Portland this season. Sounds good to me. It's like my life in a matchup. According to Oregon 24-7 sports reporter Matt Prem, the Ducks, uh, the Ducks finished the season ranked 13th in the AP poll when the season ended. So this is a AP top 25 uh, finished matchup, right? Uh, BYU and Oregon. I love this. I'm waiting for the official announcement at some point, should that be the case. But awesome. Awesome. Tons of BYU fans will show up in Portland. We've seen that against Portland. So right now we know the Junkanoo Jam opponents. Yep. Utah, Utah State, figure probably Weber State's on there, and Oregon. And I'm trying to remember, is Utah Valley this year or next year? I can't remember, but they will play with Utah Valley. I can't remember if it's starting this season. All right. CBS College basketball insider John Rothstein reporting that several power conference programs based on current COVID-19 circumstances are putting stipulations on guaranteed games for next season, specifically If no fans are in attendance, the mid-major opponent will only receive travel costs and not the normal guaranteed money. Everybody's trying to work on a budget. Understandable. Should there be a delay? Right. There's not. No worries. Uh, BYU will will play uh, in the Marriott Center November 20th against the So they have that pregame series. Kyle Van Noy makes the Patriots 2010's All-Decade team. As announced by the Patriots on Twitter yesterday, Patriots Hall of Fame nomination committee made the selections. Van Noy is now with the Dolphins after signing a four-year, $51 million contract this offseason, 30 of which is guaranteed. BYU track and field signs notable hurdler Adobe Tabugbu out of Reservoir High School in Laurel, Maryland. Adobe reigns as the 2019 and 2020 3A indoor state champion in the 100-meter hurdles. 
with a time of 14.15 seconds. She runs the 300 hurdles in 44.04 seconds. Listen, most people can't run 300 meters in 44 seconds, period, let alone with hurdles. So oh, yeah, welcome forget to the about, program. Forget about 44, the three, what, three, three quarters of the track in 40. No, that didn't happen. Come on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's and to great. do so with hurdles. Yeah, and, she's fast. Man. Incredible. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball coming off one of the most memorable, exciting basketball seasons in recent memory, albeit cut short by the COVID 19 situation. Still, the Cougars were headed to the NCAA tournament with the likes of Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs, TJ Haas. Just a senior-laden, quality program. Now that they're gone, BYU is in need of some transfers. They got one in Matt Harms from Purdue. With the roster in place right now, Jerem, and the addition of Matt Harms, is BYU basketball an NCAA tournament team right now? It's really hard to know because what goes into that? How they fare against the schedule, what the schedule was, and how they play and what injuries and will happen. So it's, it's hard to know right now. I am excited to see this team develop, though, because I think the constant in this whole conversation is the coaching staff. It's not necessarily the players because there's a not – there's not a lot of, I guess, proven um, players at this level uh, to a certain degree because BYU doesn't return a D1 player from anywhere that has scored double digits last season. So I expect several guys to do that. We just need to see it, right? Uh, I expect Matt Harms to be good. He was a 8.6 and a 4.6 guy in points and rebounds at Purdue. I expect him to be better. We expect Alex Barcella to be better, Connor Harding, Gavin Baxter, and so on. What does Gideon George bring to the team? And so on. There's lots of questions to be had. I'd love to see the schedule. I'd love to see what's going to be quad one-ish, what's going to be quad two-ish, right? We're starting to get some of that, as we've outlined. Like, Oregon in Portland is going to be a quad one game at the end of the season, you would think, the way that Oregon has played the last couple of years. We believe in the player development of staff. Mark Pope mentioned to the media on Friday – in a Zoom call last week, listen, Mark said, I've never been, uh, I've never coached in an NCAA tournament, but what we do well is develop players. If anything, we develop players. And we saw tremendous development. So I'm excited to see that. Right now, to declare BYU a tournament team, I feel is like crazy early. Um, do they have some good talent on it? Yes, but we haven't seen it together, and we haven't seen anybody uh, at the D1 level score double figures. So I think it's way too early. Richard Harward was a 10.8 points per game guy at Utah Valley, so technically he qualifies, but specifically at BYU, no no double-digit score. But Harward, I think, is a capable scorer and has hopefully going to bring some goodness from the transfer portal. I'm not questioning capability. Yeah. I'm just what actually happened. Right, just pointing out that he was a double-figure scorer at a Division I program. Um, BYU with Alex Barcelo and Connor Harding, who was just – these guys are on the cusp, uh, and they played in the shadow of Toulson and Childs and Hawes. They're going to take more shots. They'll make more shots. I'm with you. They're, they're going to score points. But I still think BYU is one solid guard away from being an NCAA tournament team right now. They're bubbly. Matt Harms – takes them from an NIT team to bubbly in the conversation, especially if he can show his uh, shot-blocking capability and if he's taking more shots. If he could be closer to a double-double guy. His minutes were a little inconsistent at Purdue at times. 
So if he Due could, to an injury. Yeah. If he could score 10 points and grab eight rebounds and block two or three shots a game. Oh, that's tremendous. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Then B, maybe BYU is an NCAA tournament team, regardless of who comes in, who else comes in in the transfer portal. But right now, I think they're bubbly. I just think they're one solid guard away from being a team that's going to make the NCAA tournament. We're expect- and Harvard, by the way, was a, was a seven-a-game guy two years ago. So he wasn't a double-digit guy. Making the point of like, oh, there's going to be dudes that score double figures. I'm just saying it's undeveloped at this point. I think we're excited about what they could be, but I just don't know how high the ceiling is, right? Uh, we, we talked about, oh, the ball handler situation. Yeah, BYU needs – you brought it up. Yeah, BYU needs another ball handler. I don't, I don't think – like if a team full-court pressed BYU consistently right now, I'd go, ooh, there might be a little bit of issue, right, in terms of who's going to break a trap, who's going to uh, create their own shot, um, and who are those guys. I have full confidence that BYU will find that guy, and if you follow uh, anything on Twitter, you're going to see that BYU is shooting its shot – with a lot of guys in the transfer portal. So we'll see, we'll see what they get. I'm excited to see it. And the number one constant here is, I think we believe no matter who BYU throws out there, that this staff will get them to play together and play well and be in a position to be interesting on Selection Sunday. Yeah, uh, development, player development specifically, is looking like a really, really strong attribute for this staff. And that matters a lot. It really does. Which brings us to this, topic two. Men's hoops going after and getting high-level transfers. We saw it with Jake Toulson. Alex Barcelo was a, a, a big recruit out of high school but didn't do anything at Arizona. Then, bang, he's a starter on a top 25 team here. Uh, now Matt Harms uh, considered the top transfer by some uh, to BYU. So which BYU program is recruiting at the highest level right now? It's BYU women's volleyball, and it's probably not that close. They've gone to seven Sweet 16s in the last eight years, two Final Fours, a national championship. Heather Olmstead had the number six recruiting class two years ago. They're consistently in the top 10 to top 15 of recruiting classes. So it's BYU women's volleyball. That said, basketball, I feel, is making the biggest jump with transfers in tow, they are improving the most. You joked this morning and called it the Damon Stoudemire Award. Yeah, yeah. He got coach of the year West Coast Conference. You expect nothing and you get something. I mean, and just, then it's like Mark Pope should have won that so award. The yeah. biggest jump being made is BYU basketball with their transfer boost. Yeah. Baseball at a top 25 class last season. Track and field and cross country are clearly doing amazing things. I don't know that they rate those recruiting classes. I don't know. Maybe the it, USTF it, CCCA does. If that's the coaches, no, they're not going to rate themselves. But if, if uh, yeah, if you're digging into that, that's next level, man. Okay. Respect. All of this leads me <laughs> to wonder, where is BYU football in this conversation because football is king. Football is the moneymaker, but I just listed five different programs I feel that are recruiting at a much higher level than BYU football is right now. But the question is, why? Well, it's the honor code. What about the other programs? They still deal with the honor code, right? So what are they doing that BYU football can implement to get the Cougars and the King program, the moneymaker, back on track? I don't have the answer, but this conversation makes me wonder, how do they get there? BYU football is not where they used to be, not even with Bronco Mendenhall, Jaron. Yeah, and let's talk about it. I think because BYU's not good in this, we shouldn't avoid it. A lot of times, and around here, we avoid things because they're inconvenient to kind of the narrative, right? And the narrative is, well, the star system doesn't appreciate the kind of guys that BYU gets. Trust me, every program has guys who are undervalued and become something. BYU's not unique in that way, right? Um, in terms of the actual ratings, 
take them for what they're worth. And I think there's some worth to it. BYU will say, hey, no, 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 we don't care about that. Well, yeah, because they're not high. If they were high, we'd be screaming about it. So I think it's unfair to say, well, because they're low, we don't talk about it. I think we should talk about how low it is and how it needs to be better. But I don't think it needs to be much better, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Okay, the last five classes, Satake era. BYU's average football recruiting ranking among ESPN rivals in 24-7 sports. So I don't trust just one, but I'm going to trust a group of three average, right? Is 70.4. There are 130 I, Division I college football teams. I think it should be in the top 60. In fact, I went through and looked back. Uh, ESPN, you know, uh, through 2013 and... And uh, before that, it was kind of just rivals in 24-7 sports. Some of BYU's best teams have been with classes eventually. Obviously, the class you have that next year, it doesn't mean you're going to be great. I'm talking a couple years later. We're in the 60s, okay? In the 60s. Um, I don't think BYU needs to be in the top 40. I don't think BYU will ever be in the top 40. In fact, if they had recruiting rankings in the 80s, I doubt that BYU would have. Now, what's interesting about that number 40 is I believe the last time BYU had a recruiting class somewhere in the 40 to 50 range was with Austin Colley and Dennis Pitta and it Max was, Hall. It was 2010. It was Jake Heaps. And okay. So, those Heaps, guys. so it was, it's been a you have while. Heaps and Oppo and Stout and Iggy's Grill, uh, shout out. And yeah, they, they show up there and they have this high recruiting ranking. The highest recruiting ranking in the Satake year is 51. That's two months after he gets hired. So a lot of those guys were probably committed from Bronco to some degree. But listen, they, we both feel like BYU's a couple plays away from nine wins and five wins, right? BYU has good enough talent, I think. Can it be better? Absolutely. And typically, more they four stars, more three stars is where BYU sits. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's player development. That's good coaching, right? BYU doesn't have to, I'm not saying BYU needs to be top 50 every year, although I'd take it. I think they just needs to be like a few more three stars and a couple more four stars. Four stars at least start and contribute. Like Nick Kurtz, number five JC receiver, whatever. Like, oh, he wasn't as good as we thought. No, no, no. He was at least a solid contributor for two or three years. You know what I mean? So more of those dudes. I, I certainly want BYU to be better in this regard, but I don't think they're crazy off where they need to be, which to get eight or nine wins a season, just be a little bit better. Sure. Sure, and how much does recruiting directly relate to that, and how much is it of player development? It matters. Like, listen, what's what's the church's recruiting? Missionary work, right? That that matters. There's 80,000 of them to make sure you bring in fresh play. That really matters to an organization. BYU basketball making their case to be one of the top recruiting programs on campus, and as I feel, making the biggest jump in the first two years of the Mark Pope era, which leads us to our question of the day. Is BYU basketball an NCAA tournament team right now? Why or why not? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Michael Sorensen on Facebook. Right now, I believe they're on that 11-12 seed line, but if BYU can get another playmaker and ball handler in the transfer portal, then I think BYU could move up to that 7 or 8 seed line. Mark Pope has done an unbelievable job so far and will surprise us again this year. Keep in mind, Jerry Palm of CBS 
before Matt Harms transferred to BYU, had the Cougars as a projected 11 seed going into next year's way too early NCAA tournament yeah. projections. And there's so much bias towards the team from the year before, right? No one's saying, uh, yeah, that one team that won nine games, they're going to be in the tourney. But that'll happen. Right? It's hard to predict these things. I, yeah, I think it's a little early without knowing the schedule. And who's the other scholarship going to? There's one other dude coming in. Hopefully uh, that's a contributor. Coming up, the best to wear at number seven. And Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball head coach, he'll tell us if he thinks right now is BYU basketball a tournament-bound team. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest episode of VoiceOver with Greg and Chef, the guys talked with BYU head coach Mark Pope about moving on from an abrupt ending to the season, new key additions to the roster, and finding a way to keep moving the program's momentum forward. Find it on the BYU TV Sports YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Live in Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We were just talking about BYU basketball and their status of being an NCAA tournament team right now for the 20. 20- 2020-2021 college basketball season. And, Jerem, you brought up the scheduling factor. BYU just added a neutral game, essentially a de facto road game against Oregon, we think, at the Moda Center in Reportedly. Portland. Okay, reportedly. So the schedule benefited BYU could, so much this year. Hold on, as a Portland dude, it could be Memorial Coliseum because that's where they pay, played the, I think, PK Invitational. Okay. There, which is the old, like, who knows? Who knows? Maybe okay. it is Moda, but yeah. Regardless, we are hearing and we've seen reports that BYU will play Oregon. They play in the Junkanoo Jam against uh, the likes of Boston College and Tulsa. And, I mean, not not quite playing in the EA, or sorry, the Maui Invitational. Nothing is, yeah. And we hope that Utah, Utah State, and Weber State are something of note so that BYU can pad their resume. But it's so fickle when you when you look at the schedule like BYU is hoping, hoping to load up and, and that's going to be a big determiner if they get into the tournament yeah I, yeah I think schedule really matters joining us now to discuss if BYU is an NCAA tournament team and much more is former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland on zoom via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline uh, coach welcome back to BYU Sports Nation how are you surviving uh, life with social distancing in place uh, it's, it's good. Doing a lot more reading than I used to do. Uh, I was playing a lot of golf, but that stopped here in California. And that's, not, that's not everywhere, but they shut that down. But uh, you know what? I, I, I've got a YSA group that I'm, I'm involved with. This thing's a lot of time, and uh, I found a lot. We've got lots of grandkids that want to slip on over here and shoot baskets in the backyard. So <laughs> we'll find plenty of things to do. Yeah, and different laws with different states, right? California is certainly uh, different than Utah on that and, and whatnot. Okay, let's talk about the, uh, what BYU basketball is doing right now, and that is getting the right players into this program for what they hope will be another season of an NCAA tournament-worthy team. Obviously, this last season absolutely was six seed by all indications. Now BYU is going into the transfer portal. You're a guy that went into the whatever it was uh, in the 90s and got some guys like Ron Salis and Brian Hamilton was on the squad, and they made an immediate impact. What do you expect from a guy like Matt Harms, who uh, signed with BYU last week? Well, first of all, yeah, there was a significant paradigm shift when we got here because uh, there were very few players in the program. I think we ended up having 22 transfers while we were here. Woo! So it is how we rebuilt the program. And, uh, and there's a long list of them, and a lot of them played. In the, some of them played in the league, and some of them played in Europe. So it was a big part of our success was having that kind of shift in direction. And it also helped with the missionaries. 
as far as what's going on with Coach Pope and his transfers, they've been unbelievable. Uh, you know, I look at Matt Harms, seven foot three. You know, he's about eight and five a game. They they have size. You know, the interesting thing for me, it seems that I, I don't think there's going to be any question he's going to come in and have an impact. I've seen all the statistics. He's like, when he's in the game, you know, teams are shooting 48% at the rim. When he's not, they're shooting 59%. So he's got a defensive presence. He's got a rebounding presence. But, uh, like, you know, I, for me, I don't know why at Lowell. I haven't watched him practice. Everybody's telling me he could probably play the three because he shoots it well. Certainly, Gavin Baxter is going to be somebody that's in the mix inside. And Richard Harward may be the best of all of them. I don't know. I mean, he, I've watched him play. Tough guy. And so you've got four really, really good bigs there that are going to play. Uh, I think Matt Harms is going to be a great addition. Uh, I think he looks like he'd be a guy that's going to probably play 20 to 25 minutes a game. Uh, I think they actually need a guard or two. And I know they signed a couple of Juco guards, wing guys that can shoot it and defend. But maybe another point guard uh, might fit in there nicely uh, for Alex. But other than that, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great get late. And uh, anybody that can protect the rim and be seven foot three is going to help them. Coach, you bring up BYU probably needing, well, we feel certainly needing another ball handler. And you see Mark Pope and his staff going after a bunch of notable guys that are all guards and ball handlers in the transfer portal right now. That said, with the roster as it stands right now, without any more transfers, is BYU basketball an NCAA tournament team or do they need that guard to feel good about getting back to the dance? I, I think that the talent's there. I think the tradition's there. I think everything's in place for them to get back to the tournament. It would. I mean, you, the thing you don't know is injuries and circumstances and, you know, sickness and whatever might happen that you lose guys. And there's just a little bit of an attrition. And they need – they've got enough guards. It's just a matter of, you know, who – you know, Alex Marteau, like, is he going to play 38 minutes a game? So, <laughs> no, I do believe this is an NCAA tournament team. And, uh, again, I haven't, I've, I've seen clips of Spencer Johnson and Gideon George. These are athletic guys that can defend. And so I, I, don't, I think they're going to be better defensively next year just with all the size that they have and the length. But, no, I think this is an NC2A type team. Uh, and maybe the prognosticators don't feel that way right now because there's just a lot of unanswered questions, you know. And if Gavin Baxter plays like he practiced at times, uh, when he was sitting and waiting to play and shooting the three, you know, a lot of those things we don't know yet. But it's not a team that you look at and go, wow, it's got the same three-point shooting prowess that last year's team had. It doesn't. But you never know how people are going to develop. I love Carter Harding. I, I think he's going to be really special. He can play the two or the three or the four. Uh, and I think he, he's going to have a lot more confidence. And he's going to get a lot more shots as well. Those who love Connor Harding, Steve Cleveland, Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Paisley Johnson. It's, it's those four people and a lot more, right? Connor, we expect to develop. Alex, we expect to develop. Um, Gavin Baxter is a diamond in the rough, right? We, we expected him to have a huge sophomore year. He was injured. Then all these guys. There's not, there's not a ton of dudes that I don't think we expect to take a major step forward. Um, and it's fun because, Cleve, of all the guys on the team, there's not a D1 double-digit scorer coming back from – their last season playing, right? There's some JC guys that had that. But you bring this team together, and with this staff, player development was so good this last year. How, how good do you expect that to be with this group the upcoming season? Well, I think, first of all, you're coming off a phenomenal year. There's great energy. Everybody wants to get in the gym, and they probably can't. So that the uniqueness of how they're preparing this summer. But, no, I mean, the, the, here's the thing. 
the culture of this program right now with this young coaching staff, there's so much energy and so much positivity that they, they just believe. And I think anybody that comes into this program comes with a mindset that, hey, we're going to the tournament. And that's a big part of it. I mean, it's not – listen, Gavin Baxter really hasn't played a lot of minutes. Wyatt Lowell averaged about 10 points a game at UVU. It's not the same thing, but, you know, everybody's really high on him. And I don't think the transition is going to be that difficult for him. First of all, these guys have all been practicing for a year as well. I mean, Richard Harward is a guy that can play in a lot of places. And, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, that the coaching staff at UVU and Mark and the coaching staff here at BYU have developed him. And so they got plenty of size. But, you know, here's the thing. I will say that and we're going to talk about Colby Lee, uh, who ended up playing really well. But I think at the end of the day, you need – there are times you want to play small. <laughs> and uh, teams where you want to put four shooters on the floor. And I think that might be the only missing piece right now. Again, if Wyatt Lowell is a 38 or 39% three-point shooter, then, you know, maybe, maybe the problems are solved. But at the end of the day, I know there are times you like to go small, late-game situations. Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Coach, when you look at Mark Pope and what he's done in year number one, and uh, you see an entirely different roster coming back, is it fair to expect BYU to get even somewhere close to what they did last year, or is it too much? Should we lay off that a little bit? Well, I mean, that's the thing about expectations. They had a phenomenal first year. And you know what? I mean, they – they had, they had a really good team. And, I mean, getting Yoli to come back, TJ had an amazing – I mean, there was some experience there. I mean, it wasn't like it was a rebuild. I mean, it wasn't 1997. It was, it was a group of guys that they brought together and got the very best out of them. And everybody saw that energy. I don't need to see any reason why there isn't – I can tell you this, the coaching staff has high expectations. <laughs> and those players have high expectations. And they're not going to back off from that. So why would not the fan base have high expectations? And, and the fan base is as good as it gets in the country. Uh, I don't think we need to be unrealistic. Absolutely. They're going to they're going to people have to be patient. But I think this coaching staff proved itself in the first year that they're going to push the right buttons. They're marking, you know, they're checking all the right boxes. Again, all of the intangibles are in place and uh, they, they've got bodies. They've got bodies. And you've got two coaches on that staff that, played at the highest level. So the development of bigs is phenomenal. And uh, now, I, you know, yes, there, there should be expectations because that's what you want. That's what you want. I mean, as a head coach, sometimes you probably get in the quiet of your office and think, wow, these people are expecting way too much of me. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think this coaching staff has really embraced that. And that's what they're about. That's what the players have embraced. I don't see them backing down and settling for anything less than what they had this year. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But at the end of the day, that's going to be their goal. When you look at uh, this next season, because last year it was seven seniors. Jake's back. Yoli's back. TJ, last hurrah. Haven't made the tourney. Didn't even make the NIT the year before. That's the rallying cry. Like, that was easy to, you know, go, hey, we got to do this, right? So this group, there's two seniors, uh, maybe a third if they get another transfer in Barcelona and Harm. So that's not the rallying cry. What is the rallying cry, in your opinion, in terms of what Mark Pope could use as motivation for this group? Well, I, I think, first of all, the, the NC2A tournament seems to be 
what is most important in college basketball, even more so than maybe winning conference championships. I'm sure that'll be one of their goals. But uh, I think that they were kind of deprived of that opportunity this year, and they're going to do everything they can to get back to that place. So uh, I, I think one thing I've got to love about Mark is that day in and day out, he's got a rallying cry. Uh, I've never seen anybody use social media better than he does. Uh, he, he's phenomenal in that way. The guys embrace him. There's great energy. You know, and I, I, I kind of, re- I mean, we didn't have the social media, but I can remember having five junior college young coaches that were kind of all hadn't had an opportunity before. There is a great amount of energy in that staff, just like there was with Dave and Nate with me and Brian. I mean, I, I remember it. I, I remember the opportunity to come in. And it reminds me, I mean, there's a lot of different factors, and, and Coach Pope uh, has a great pedigree, but it was a situation still that about this, we were all about the same age then, and there was a great amount of energy. And I, I just like the energy, and I just feel like the rallying cry will be just what it was this year, is that we want to get back to that tournament, and we want to be better every day and focus on those positive things that Coach has them focusing on. And... Uh, and, you know, I, I think the relationships with players, uh, the connections, uh, we don't hear a lot about that, but there have been a lot of really athletic, talented teams that never reached their full potential. Uh, I don't, that's not going to be a problem for this coaching staff. That's one of the things they're really, really good at is getting guys to buy in together. And there's a connection there that I think is invaluable in terms of getting to tournaments and winning championships. Steve, it's great to catch up with you and to see your face. Glad you're doing well. Uh, We wish you the best as you teach your grandkids those uh, fundamentals of basketball in the backyard. They're getting their shots up. And uh, can't can't wait to see you again soon in person. Hopefully we get to play golf too as well. I'm going to be in town this summer. I got a son moving back to Provo, so I'll be in Provo a little bit more often to see those grandkids. And that brick interior is really nice, by the way. That looks great. (laughs) So I got a nice... I got the Marriott Center behind me. Yeah, you got to rep. You got to represent. Got to rep. Always doing so with class, Coach. Great to catch up with you. Thanks so much. Take care, guys. Bye bye. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Deseret First, you know why we show how. It's like a level of class that Steve Cleveland brings to this program, in addition to the amazing knowledge and experience uh, as the former head coach here and an analyst. Right? He just, he just. You know, like you're a classy dude as well. He just brings it up a notch, so I just really like it. You know, absolutely. Yeah, he's fun to hang out yeah. with. Yeah, you know, he we, makes me feel better about my life. Yes, I am always in a good mood after I talk to Steve. <laughs> I love it. Coming up, which Cougar coach uh, is one prominent national writer says would be on his dodgeball team? What? <laughs> We've reached that point of the pandemic. <laughs> it's only April. <laughs> Shoot, and the best to ever wear number seven at BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. Person tried to almost kiss me once. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. On the latest BYU Sports Nation, right now, BYU athletes have some great dance moves, but how about celebrating International Dance Day? I didn't know that. By looking back on our Cougs dancing in the NCAA tournament. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube. This is BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. You know what time it is. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU is reportedly going to play Oregon. I love when people say that. Fucking so much. Oregon, Oregon in Portlandia this season, according to Oregon twenty four seven sports reporter Matt Prim. 
The Ducks finish the season ranked 13th in the AP poll when the season ended. That'd be a quad one game, top 50 neutral in all likelihood at the end of the season. CBS College Basketball Insider John Rothstein reporting that several power conference programs based on current COVID-19 circumstances are putting stipulations on guaranteed games for next season. Specifically, if no fans are in attendance and there is no ban lifted, the mid-major opponent would only receive travel costs and not the normal guaranteed money. Here's to a normal season. Cougars in the NFL. I second the motion. Kyle Van Noy makes the Patriots. 2010's All-Decade team was announced by the Patriots on Twitter yesterday. It'd be fun if another team named him to that. The Patriots Hall of Fame nomination committee made the selections. Van Noy is now with the Dolphins after signing a four-year, $51 million contract this offseason. BYU Track and Field signs hurdler Adobe Tabogbu. That's a false start on me. At a reservoir high school in Laurel, Maryland. Out of the gates? Yeah. Adobe reigns as the 2019 and 2023 indoor state champion in the 100-meter hurdles. Ran a time of 14.15 seconds. She runs the 300 hurdles in 44 seconds. Burning up the track. It is time now for the best to wear it. And admittedly, I have especially been looking forward to the number seven, Jerem. Really? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Every time we do this, I think there's going to be a fashion show. Every time. And then I go, oh, yeah, it's jersey number. <laughs> the best to wear it. We've been asking the question each day as we do the show live, who's the best athlete to wear each number at BYU? Again, we are at number seven. And, Jerem, um, number seven is the author of one of the greatest moments in BYU Sports Nation history. Well, why don't we just show it to you, and then we'll tell you about Glenn Kozlowski. <laughs> and we'll kiss. Nope. <laughs> On the cheeks, though. Oh, okay. On the cheeks, that's all. <laughs> oh, we have to go to break now? That's crazy. Yeah, let's go quickly, because um, you want to kiss. Okay. That's, uh, right? Isn't that, <laughs> is that what he's not saying? That's what I heard. Why do you want to go to break? Been fun we got to be two minutes. <laughs> and we'll kiss. <laughs> yeah, that almost happened. Luckily, uh, it didn't. You should probably clarify that the kiss did not happen during the break. <laughs> Remind me to tell you a story of someone who kissed me on the cheek. A male this year. Uh, which is fine. Nothing wrong with it. I love Glenn uh, Kozlowski. 81, 83 to 85. He's one of the greatest receivers in BYU history. Like, you need a clutch catch. You need a kiss. You need anything that starts, you know, with a C or K, I guess. That's awesome. 137 catches. That's 16th in BYU history. 22, 32 yards. 11th. Uh, 23 touchdowns. That's tied for six, including this layout dime mm. from Blaine Fowler in 84. I mean, he makes, in the 84 National Championship game, he makes... Maybe the greatest catch in context in BYU history. It's like this two-hander in the back of the end zone where Robbie Bosco's throwing it away almost, and he makes it. It's just unbelievable. He was so good. He had 241 yards against Boston College in 85, fourth most in a game in BYU history. Drafted by the Bears in the 11th round. Played six years, helped cover the Bears. Was a local radio personality for a long time. His rookie year was his best year, 15 grabs, uh, 199 yards, three touchdowns. He was so good, and he had such an attitude about him that is needed at times, right? We did a deep blue that aired, I think, during the bowl game, right? And it was so good, and he said his first practice, he's just like, I'm the best player out here, all you fool, You know, it was just awesome. He's on Tech Mobile, the original yeah. Tech Mobile on Nintendo. Not super. You're saying Tech Mobile. Oh, nice. Straight out of 1988, Glenn Kozlowski. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up that catch in the Holiday Bowl where he gets his tiptoe down. I mean... The, the guy was making big plays. I love that Steve Young talks about Glenn Kozlowski and always says, 
if there's a guy that had 11 catches, two touchdowns, 150 yards, and he's coming back into the huddle every time complaining he's not getting the ball enough, without a doubt, it's Glenn Kozlowski. <laughs> it's and Glenn Kozlowski. Listen, he wants a lot of things, as we've explored in this segment. So, <laughs> the cause, dude, he's like, he was really good. Awesome. Best to wear at number seven. Coming up, today's Rise and Shoutouts. A young man and a hopeful champion on BYU TV who has an interesting tie to Glenn Kozlowski. Yes, this is BYU Sports Nation. Don't go anywhere. This kid's awesome, though. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow, make sure you watch BYU Sports Nation. It's a BYU Sports Nation special, The Reviewables, 1983 BYU football. This was a tremendous year. We have Steve Young on the program tomorrow at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I can't wait for this show. This is going to be a great one. And we have the greatest ever wear number seven featured in some highlights on that show as well. Glenn Kozlowski. Go. The all-time complainer at wide receiver. (laughs) (laughs) First team all. That's what made him great. First team all throw me the rock. That's what made him great. He wanted the ball. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Marshall Gerke, a BMX champion and one of the contestants on the brand new BYU TV show, All Around Champion on Zoom. Marshall, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Okay, uh, Marshall, we found out yesterday, and we just talked about Glenn Kozlowski, that your dad, Eric, coached high school football with Glenn. What's the connection there? How, how is, what a small world. I'm, what? Yeah. I, I did not know that. I didn't know he could. <laughs> My dad doesn't tell me anything about his, coach, his, <laughs> his football coaching stuff. I don't know. You should ask him about Glenn Kozlowski as soon as we're done with this conversation, okay? Listen, I definitely will. I'd love to see Glenn compete with you guys on All Round Champion on BYU TV because you guys – now, for those that haven't seen it, I imagine a lot of our audience has, there's uh, several teenagers. You guys are all experts at different kind of sports. Yours happens to be BMX. We'll break that down in a second. But you guys compete in different sports um, and see who's kind of the best all-round athlete, right? Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. Just uh, 10 athletes who work very hard at what they do and happen to be pretty good at it uh, go head-to-head and uh, see if we can become the all-around champion. Uh, I'm gathering that with your hashtag Team Marshall t-shirt on, you're pulling for yourself in this competition. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Tell us about yourself. Uh, Where are you from? What's your background in sports and specifically BMX? Um, So I am now 13 years old. Um, I live in Antioch, Illinois, so um, definitely not from Canada, but uh, yeah, um, I guess my sports background would really be, um, I've been racing BMX since I was four years old, so um, I've been doing this for a while now. Um, uh, it's it's really fun. It's definitely, it's a different sport. It's not like the one that you see, like, it's not, fo- it's not like football, it's not like soccer. It's something that gives you a little bit more of an adrenaline rush, in my opinion. It's fun being able to go on your bike going. 30 feet in the air and um, jumping over people and jumping over, jumping over things and just having a lot of fun doing it. It's an Olympic so, sport now. So are, are you, do you have dreams of competing in the Olympics in BMX or are you more of like an X games guy that wants to do a triple backflip? Um, I don't really know. I mean, I, I absolutely love racing, but I can also do backflips on my bike. I can also do tricks. So it's really just, I wouldn't consider myself as a BMX racer or a BMX freestyle rider. I'm kind of just a key to ride the bike. 
I, I think you should go for Nitro Circus, Marshall. That's where I think you should really go. <laughs> I've actually, funny story. I've actually won a dance competition at Nitro Circus. Nice. At one point. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been to Travis Pastrana's house too. So really? That's really cool. How was yeah. that? It's like this playland of, uh, you know, of just all oh, kinds of things, right? sports yeah. training. Yeah. Yeah. Ramps, dirt jumps, everything. Every action sports kid's like dream house is everything you can imagine is right there in his backyard. It's super sick. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. We should mention that uh, All Round Champion airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, so tonight. And uh, tonight's episode is the BMX episode. So you are the coach, right? You don't compete. You try and uh, train up your uh, uh, other competitors. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was def- It's definitely a fun episode, I will say that. There's um, a lot of spills, um, but everyone, it seems to go pretty well. I mean, um, it was really fun to coach them and uh, um, uh, the coach – who helped me out is uh, definitely definitely helped me out a lot. And uh, it was cool. It was fun being able to coach everyone in something that they haven't done before. And way to not give it away. It's hard not to tell, right? Because you've been there. You've seen it. You know yeah. what happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll find out tonight, 8 Eastern. And uh, you can watch on the app as well. Yeah, the if previous you missed episodes. anything. There's like, what, six or seven? It's fantastic. You can stream All Round Champion on the BYU TV app for free. Uh, Marshall Gerke, BMX champion, a competitor on the show, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. How did you get involved in the production of this? When did this first pop onto your radar? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe, oh, th- say we filmed maybe like a year and a half ago now, maybe, I think is when I first really found out about it. I think my dad had some insight before I did. But, um, yeah, I think my father just told me one day, and he was like, yo, this uh, this company reached out to us, and there's a chance that they want you to be on a, on a TV show. And I was like, that's sick. Like, I didn't really know what to think. I mean, it was like, this is a cool opportunity, but, like, the chance of it happening, there are so many other kids that could have gone to. It, I'm just I'm, – I'm honored to be one of them that they actually chose. Um, but it's definitely – it was definitely an amazing experience and one that I will never, ever forget. Okay, now uh, that you are officially a part of BYU TV, you need to tell me, did, did you know much about BYU TV or BYU athletics before this show uh, became part of your life? Um, I will be honest, not really, but now I've kind of looked into it, and it's pretty cool, pretty cool uh, family you guys got. Yeah, not, not bad. Um, you need to be a BYU fan, though, right, by default? Like, you, you will uh, be a yeah. BYU fan? <laughs> I guess I guess I got to be now. I got to go uh, buy some BYU sports shirts now. Are you sure you're 13? You, you, you and I have, like, the same maturity level. Like, like you're very mature, dude. You're fantastic. I, I get that a lot. I don't know. I guess I just seem to act a, a little bit older than I am, but, you know. What still was, a thirteen-year-old kid. Still do thirteen-year-old kid things. Yeah, fun, so. fun times. What What was yeah. the hardest event, um, and what was the easiest? Swimming, swimming, swimming was the hardest. Hundred percent. Never done something more grueling in my life. Ten hard, laps. Man. Ten laps. <laughs> no, that's hard for swimmers. Not. Yeah. Never again. Never, oh. ever, ever again. Um, and then I'd say the easiest for me was probably. Um, Kart racing, because um, I'd actually uh, ended up doing it before. But uh, that was definitely the easiest. Um, I'd say the most fun, though, might have been diving. Diving was really fun. It was very scary at first, but once you got the hang of it, it was actually pretty fun to do flips and stuff and off the five-foot. 
So it was cool. Fantastic wow. stuff. Uh, I don't know that I'd be flipping off of a diving board. Just, just, <laughs> I'm just going in. Just to get yeah. me to jump in. Marshall, great <laughs> to meet you. Uh, we look forward to the new episodes of All Round Champion again tonight, live on BYU TV. Um, good stuff, man. Great to meet you. Great to meet you guys, too. Um, have a good rest of your day, and uh, stay safe. Hey, same to you. Hashtag Team Marshall. Let's Team go. Marshall. Let's go, Marshall. Yes, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) See you, Marshall. 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Marshall Gerke on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Listen, Marshall is awesome, and it was really fun to meet him. There's some really good athletes on that show, and it's a fun idea. Like, I I would be interested with BYU athletes to see how they would fare as well because we're always picking at, okay, if you played a different sport, what would you do? Yeah. And would you be good at it? Right? I love that question. Yeah, it's fun. So All Around Champion, you can watch it now on the BYU TV app. There's a brand new episode tonight. It's BMX. It's Marshall. He's the coach. So if you're good at that thing, you don't participate. You coach everyone else, right? Um, so that's tonight coming up at 8 Eastern. He's a seventh grader. That, like, that's insane. I, I swear we have the same maturity level. He's a seventh grader. <laughs> like, that kid is set, man. Wow. He is fantastic. Okay, coming up, who's on our BYU Fantasy Dodgeball team? Speaking of athletes that could play another sport, right? True. If you can dodge a wrench. And our rise and shout-outs. This is BYU Sports Nation. We need to watch that movie. Right after Joe? Sounds good. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Welcome back to the show. Hey, we still got six-ish minutes to go, and we got some good stuff. We have content. We've got a <laughs> fill, so let's go. You can download the podcast as well. Uh, just Google or Bing, whatever you're into. I don't even know the alternative search engines. Uh, BYU Sports Nation. Podcast. Bing? Man, what? what? that one in a while. Yahoo used to be one. What are the others? What are the other search engines? I can't remember. Being this, our all-time <laughs> BYU dodgeball uh, starting five. Yes, presented by Bodyguards Protection for a Life Worth Living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. All-time BYU dodgeball okay. starting five. The reason we're bringing this up, Jeff Goodman of Stadium Sports tweeted that he, of, what was it, college basketball coaches yes. on the dodgeball team? Yes. He put Mark Pope on one. Now, here's my issue with using Mark Pope as a player. He's seven feet. He's going to bring energy. He's going to have skill, I think, throwing the ball. He's just too big. Yes. He's too much just of a too tall. He's too much of a target. Yes, absolutely. you got to think about space. And I, I just don't think that would work out. Do you want Mark Few and Damon Stoudemire on your team? Yes. Yes. If I, you're coaches only. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, who's on your all-time BYU Okay. Five starting five dodgeball teams. So you got to think about a few things with dodgeball. If you've played competitively like you and I have over the years, throwing – Right? Accuracy, speed, uh, a certain amount of grit, right? Oh, I've been dodging your comments for seven years. Well, some you can't avoid. I just <laughs> get you right in the chest. Uh, the ability to catch is really important. You don't catch it, uh-huh. right? Uh, uh-huh. You're out and they're not. So I start with Matt Bushman because he had no drops last year. He's a year. big target. He had no drops. He's a big target. He's not as big, but he's big. What, 6'5? Six, 6'5? Five? Uh-huh. Six, five? That's different than 6'10. Six, no, dro- no drops is impressive. No drops. Ryan Hancock, speed. Mm-hmm. I need speed. He played in the majors, played quarterback here. Todd Watkins, speed and catching, okay, wide receiver. Max Hall, throwing ability, competitive. He's going to get in people's faces, intimidate. People aren't going to want to throw at him. He's the player coach. And then Paige Affleck of softball, um, throwing, just. And she's going underhand probably, different technique. You're not sure where the ball's coming out. Yeah. Those are my five. I I thought of Paige, and I thought of McKenna Bull as well on softball. Okay. Uh, Mark Pope would be my coach, Jerem. He would be my coach. 
just well, because of yeah. his recruiting ability and the transfer portal <laughs> and dodgeball would be unbelievably lit. Well, well then. Okay, primarily I went smaller because I want smaller, quick targets and those ultra-competitive people. Number one, Mary Lake, Jerem. Mm. Because in dodgeball, guess what? If she gets thrown at and she can dig it without hitting the floor and catch it, or anybody else can catch it, then you are safe, right? You'll have to develop the catching part okay. with Mary. Mary Lake will <laughs> dig everything. Reno Mahe, one of the quickest athletes oh, yeah, in yeah. BYU football history. Oh, Stop on a dime, awesome. make people look silly, and he's needed comedy. Brennan Lund is my baseball guy. Mm, he's triple A. Centerfield's got Bummer. a rocket arm. He's small, yeah. and he's was the fastest team member of the BYU baseball team when he played her. Taysom Hill's my captain. I'm going for Taysom's ankles. Taysom's my captain. I'm throwing at his ankles. Get, get him out of there right away. <laughs> Ryan Hancock, go after Taysom. Okay. Derwin Gray. I need a motivator. <laughs> and yeah. when he played, he was a really good uh, yes. corner. He's yeah. quick, agile. Well, that's, that's my dodgeball team. Nate awesome. Mickle gets my honorable mention. Nice. <laughs> Our question of the day. Honor. Not about dodgeball. Is BYU basketball an NCAA tournament team right now? With head coach Mark Pope, why or why not? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at CL underscore living answers on Twitter. Yes, might as well go for it. No harms in trying. Nice. Today's rise and shout outs. Mine goes to Zach Blair. He tweeted out his golf club rack. This thing's unbelievable. I'll never have anything this nice in my house for my entire life. It fits like every uh, iron. Well, it doesn't have every club he's ever owned, but uh, that's more clubs than I will ever own in my life. That is unbelievable. Look at that thing. Yeah, how many memories has he uh, racked up with that golf club rack? Incredible. That's like a really emotional comment on that. Right? Uh, <laughs> speaking of emotions, uh, Mark Pope, he, he's known for emotions. Uh, I, he gets my rise shout-out. He ran the Rexley run, and he had to do it with social distancing in place. You can still do this. Simmons Center for Cancer Research and the Fight Against Cancer. He says, uh, hope we can all keep working to win all of these battles. Love, Mark Pope. Our thanks to today's guests, uh, first of all, Steve Cleveland and Marshall Gerke of All-Round Champion. Sorry to Dennis Pitt in no time. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Adam Haysbert. We'll see you tomorrow for the 1983 Reviewable BYU Football. Don't want to miss it noon Eastern. Go Cougs. It's a sad day losing our chief. There's always been a McCunnery.